Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a to be Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Green and Gold Rugby Show, where the show that's getting you over the advantage line on the hottest topics in Australian rugby. Um, Reg Roberts here with you once again, uh, despite uh, despite the poor performance of our Wallabies and our reluctance to come on again and just have another one of these chats. We're here, uh, and with me uh, is uh, as as regular and a reluctant guest is uh, Matt Rowley. How are you, Matt? I'm good, mate. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> Rerun script. We, we, yes. we should just record one of these and just replay them. See if anyone yes. notices any difference. <laughs> exactly right. It would, well, it would be interesting to go back to the one last year and, and see. Well, the other way interesting was uh, in my Facebook feed, the memory came back from last year was that fantastic phone, uh, song that the uh, other podcast mates do, which was the um, We Used to Be Good But We're Shit Now, which was a great <laughs> song. But they'll have to rehash and say we're still shit. But um, yeah. anyway, and out of the pod, out of the producers booth uh, tonight, Nick, you're joining us as well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, glad to be here. Happy to be promoted to the starting lineup while <laughs> the cash overseas. So uh, yeah, pleasure as always, gents. Yeah, exactly right. Cavill's. I don't know if he's even seen the match yet. So um, we should support, We should uh, tell him that uh, actually it was fantastic. He makes sure he sits down and watch it. I've seen some of the scenery from his trip. It looks pretty oh, Amazing. Amazing, yeah. I know where I'd be watching. He's counting watching. all his money in Switzerland. That's where he's... All, <laughs> he's his visiting a few... all the sponsorship he's been cracking from Mercedes and all those brands while he's been on this podcast. All that Alan Jones um, money, that cash for common. <laughs> um, all right, lads, we've got five questions. We'll see how we go getting through them. But, you know, it, it pretty obvious. First one is, should we be surprised by that? Uh, question two, were there any positives at all? Question three, is it time for drastic changes? And we can think, you know, this test or further beyond. Uh, the double header with the Wallaroos played before the Wallabies. Uh, was that a worthy exercise? And then five, a quick around the grounds. There's a fair bit happening around the back, around the place. So, you know, the Wallabies smashed, obviously. Uh, Matt, were you surprised? Oh, oh you know... Is surprise the right word? Clearly disappointed. Um, yeah. I think we all have managed to con ourselves, even on the podcast, I think we'd watched ourselves do yep. it um, as we conned ourselves into some sort of belief, some sort of hope. Um, and that kind of ebbed away. I think there was a, a couple of, like, uh, I think when Tupo kind of pulled yeah. out, I think yeah. that was something that, not that I think clearly he was going to change the whole match. Uh, and I think he would have, if he'd come on into that second half, it wouldn't have mattered clearly. Um, with what was happening. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I guess we had, I mean, the thing that kind of probably lulls you is you'd think back to like uh, the, that last test we played, at, you know, at Brizzy, mm. the dead, you know, the dead rubber that we get given each year and it kind of lulls you into thinking that there's some sort of chance there. Um, but then it just gets snatched away when you just see, um, you know, when you see what unfolds in front of you again. I mean, I guess at least the good news here was what we didn't leak like we didn't give up 40 points in the first half or whatever we did last year. Last time, um, that's right. But, and, and actually, so I, I was at the ground. I haven't watched a full replay yet. I don't know about anybody else, but it's always hard to put yourself through something like this. 
Um, Not a chance, no. <laughs> and I've got to say, at the end of the first half, I was like, good D. Like, yeah. you know, that was the vibe you got from it. And, and I was like, oh, letting him in in the 38th minute felt like, aha, this is starting to go to script. Um, we hadn't converted enough pressure into points also, which was a big, big problem. But you just kind of thought, well, maybe we're going to grind this one out and just be close enough and put a bit of pressure on and maybe get a breakthrough. Um, but, you know, then the second half came out and it was just floodgates, absolute floodgates and a disaster. Um, yeah. And and you look at, look, you know, the just got some stats in front of me. Unfortunately, it doesn't break it out into first and second half. Um it's probably something you could find if you had went back to look at the Fox replay and you look at the halftime thing, I guess they'd show you it. But, you know, here's the, in defence. So we made, what we made, we attempted 126 tackles. Um, they attempted 118. Sounds fairly equivalent. Um, the All Blacks out of that 118 missed 13 and the Wallabies missed 41. That is a phenomenal stat. But, uh, 41 you know, out of 126 attempts. So that, yeah, that and our, that and our line out stats are stats I just I can't remember seeing in a test or at least yeah. a Wallaby test. It's it, astronomical. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean I just don't know. And like, you just you're just watching it again. Uh, I watched just the highlights. You know, just basically which is basically just the tries. Um, and it's just plain old missed tackles, like one on one. All that runs through somebody. Not even a big man and a little man. Um, there were, you know, is uh, Tui does the first one. Um, yeah. They're overloaded already, so everyone's got to make their tackle, and he just plumb drops off a tackle, and it's over. Um, and then, and, and it just keeps going from there. Um, there's another one where Hooper's, you know, needs to close out the winger, and just stops because clearly his hammy can't do it. Yeah. Which then, and at which point you're like, oh my god, what are you doing on the field? Mm. Um, you know, it's just that was just amazing. And then, yeah, you throw in the middle of that what. I mean, you know, I'll throw this back to you. Then you've got the line out where you can't retain any, you can't retain any possession. What yeah. a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like you know, watching an under 12s game with, you know, one team that has sprouted, one team hasn't, where it doesn't matter. You know, if the ball goes out, you know, you get a penalty, you think you're going to kick it downfield, but you know you're going to lose a ball anyway. It was just diabolical that second half. Nick, to you, mate. I mean, I guess the first question how do we get, as fans, get ourselves into the position where we think we have? We think we have hope. Um, and were you, I mean, what was your feeling at halftime? Were you confident or, or were you, um, you know, wary that things were going to come, uh, come, come fast? The try worried me because, you know, the Wallabies have been playing some really good, um, they've been playing some, like I mentioned earlier, their defence was aggressive. You could, like, you could hear the hits and I was watching just at home and you could hear the hits and it was, and you could tell there was a real aggressiveness to what they were doing. And even the fact that a, a couple of times they tried something and, you know, Beal dropped a ball, but he kind of laughed at you. Like, there was a vibe that they were enjoying it. They were enjoying playing. Um, but that try, I was like, oh dear, that's worrying. I think, you know, in terms of whether I'm surprised by the result, you know... Kind of not necessarily because I've been so we've been so used to getting flogged in Sydney every first match and you know and you are playing against the best team in the world in the All Blacks and I mean that's what makes these Bledisloe games special they are a world class team with talent over the all over the park but what I think comes down to it there was a, they have a mental edge that really they rely on a lot you know teams you know the the real fight that opposition like the Wallabies have is that it's a mental game if anything else because they know they're coming up against the best team in the world, and the All Blacks know that, 
and they play to that. And this is what happened this weekend. I mean, Will Genia went light when he was talking about in the lead up to this test. He said that in Bledisloe 2 last year, they had that one lapse of concentration at the death and it cost them the game. And that happens all the time um, against the All Blacks. So I think what kind of really did surprise people and, and caught people off guard, which was, like Matt said, it was just the scale of the capitulation of the Wallabies in the second half. You know, we, you know, I wasn't totally convinced we were going to win, but there was enough from that Ireland series to show that we were going to, you know, unlike the last two or three years, at least be competitive and start the series positively. Um, and, you know, and there was a sense that we were starting to diversify our game plan and play smarter rugby. And even though we lost that Ireland series, it felt like there was something good around the corner. It was, it was a, that match was a mass. This match last weekend was just a massive step back, in my opinion. You know, Checker has an improved coaching system, improved coaches, had a warm up match, same result. And it's not really good enough. It was like watching the England series a few games back. Wallabies would put on some pressure make a mistake, and then the All Blacks would pounce and punish us on the scoreboard. And I feel like we're going to be complaining about it all night, but yeah, that set piece was the worst I've seen in years. The line-out was like watching Russian roulette. And, you know, I feel like the Wallabies panicked after that second try, just after half-time, half and with that, their mental game went out the window, and with that, their game plan entirely. Yeah. Look, you make a good point about the, the preparations. As far as we were told, it was everything they wanted you know they had a a big break you know unfortunately because the teams didn't go too far in the super rugby the waratahs obviously went a, a little bit further than the others but they had a big break they had the trial they had full-time coaching panel for the first time ever um they got players back from the uk um you know players were fit you know hooper was back all that sort of stuff and we just didn't cut it i thought you know you see those games, and I know I've said this before, you can see those times when the All Blacks are there for the taking, and that was Saturday night. You know, they, they were sensational that second half, but they were dire that first half. You know, drop balls. I don't know how many chances they gave us, and all we got away with was uh, was it a one-point lead at halftime or, you know, the, the, the barest of leads at halftime, and we just couldn't take advantage, and that was, that was pretty, uh, uh, you know, demoralising. Um, yeah, Matt, you know, this has been a sort of a bone of contention for the Waratahs. You would have, oh, sorry, for the Wallabies, was the, the, the strength and conditioning of the players. And by all reports, it had been better from the Super Rugby season. You know, that we had a few weeks break before this test where supposedly they run pretty hard. Various reports in the paper, some, you know, former All Blacks saying that the, uh, the Wallabies didn't look fit enough. Others suggesting that they were overtrained in the lead-up to, we just can't seem to get it right. One way or the other, these guys weren't ready to play. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that was really noticeable um, and in, in the first half as well is just we, we were getting no go-forward in the forwards. Yeah. The, the ball runners and Tui just seemed to go backwards every You know, he went from that trial where we were like, oh, my God, we found our ball runner. Um, and, you know, he had a crack, but just about every time he managed to run into two big defenders and just head Go so high, too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was That was just... So I, I don't know if it was fitness. Maybe it was. I, by memory, we, I mean, you know, you just watch the try replay and we're just ragged. Yeah. And yeah. we're not... There's no chases. Um, it's, you know, whereas there's... And there's all-black support all over the place. Um, so I don't know whether they were bushed or whatever. I mean, we were told that they, they were really happy with the conditioning coming into it, so you wouldn't have thought they would have been no, boosted no. in, in the lead-up to that. Um, but they, they're definitely just not as strong. 
in contact. I mean, in terms of, you know, winning collisions or, you know, they didn't come close and, and, and that was a shocker. Um, and then just by memory, again, I haven't managed to make myself watch it again. Actually, yeah, anyway, um, was, uh, you know, that. I don't remember there being anything smart that sort of happened, even when we sort of had no. a little bit a little bit of territory in that first half. You know, something that was a play that we put together because we'd figured out, you know, a place where they were weak. They, yep. they, they, it was just that same way running, um, you know, give it a two-e to bash it up. And if he goes backwards, you're stuffed yep. because the pattern breaks down and it's all over. And it's like, oh, you know, let's try and re- replay what the Waratahs suffered at all, all, all year. Um, and and uh, I you know I, I just really don't know where that was where that thought it was going. Um, yeah, it was a yeah. it was a shocker. It was it, nothing new there. Nothing that not, nothing that'll uh, you know fear the or, you know have the All Blacks concerned about what they might see this weekend. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, well let's move on to the question two. And, and, and is there any positive spin we can take away from this, Nick? Were there any positive? Uh, aspects to the game, player performances, anything that you thought was worthy from an Australian rugby fan's perspective from that test? Pocock played all right. He yep. he was he he was he, he got a really good helper in the um I think it was the twenty fourth minute. Um, he turned it over really well, and he was you know he's he's such a good, he always leads from the front. He's a really good leader um within that team, and it's valuable. I think the other person that kind of stood out to me was. Was particularly, I think, within the context of that god awful second half, was Jack Maddox. He had an all right game. His go forward was okay, and then he scored that try, which kind of gave us the slimmerest bit of hope that we could possibly, you know, make this game respectable um, <laughs> in terms of individual performances. But he probably bombed a try too by not passing outside of Reese Hodge that <laughs> one time. But yeah, but that is that's true as well. But yeah, a great, a great, yeah, a great moment for him. Test debut and scoring a try on debut doesn't happen too often. So, yeah, that was a, a great one. And then Jermaine Ainsley obviously getting a, a late call-up to the team and getting his test de- debut. His, uh, his debut probably was a little bit less glamorous, a little bit more challenging than uh, Maddox out in the wing, getting uh, a, a, a thorough working over in the scrums there as well. Absolutely. And I think the only other thing we can take confidence out of is the first 30 minutes, I mean, that defence was all right. But at the same time, you know... They committed for thirty minutes and then kind of ran out of puff at the end, and it comes like it, like Matt, Matt said earlier, it comes back down to fitness. Yeah, it does, um, Matt. For you, I mean, I can't think of much more to be honest. I thought Hooper was, I mean, individually, Pocock was outstanding. I thought Hooper was excellent in the first half, but clearly faded in that second half. Mm-hmm. Um, good bits by Coleman. I, I can't see much more. To, uh, you know, there's a lot of dis- disappointments. Yeah, no, sorry, mate. I'm I'm out. I'm, I'm, yep. the, I'm yep. out on the I'm out on the positives as well. It was, um, yeah, it was just an all, all round. But it, it was just it was just bizarre. This, I, yeah, some people, you know, they, you talk about giving people a rev up speech at half time. I don't know what the hell they did because they just it came out yeah. and it was just an absolute shocker. And suddenly, I mean, it, it feels like there's so many things that they were just unsure of. They seemed to be unsure of what the defensive pattern was going to be. There didn't seem to be any attacking structure. The line-out was clearly an absolute schmozzle. And, and my memory of the scrum wasn't that it was that great either. No. Um, well, yeah. You know, um, so it was like, oh, my God, like how many things could go wrong? Um, found it really hard then to find anything where you could, you know, 
kind of try and glean in any system of, I mean, you know, what's his name throwing over a couple of penalties? Um, you know, Hodge. Hodge. Yep. You know, Hodge, yep. Um, and I don't know, oh, I'd have to, I haven't, like I say, I haven't rewatched it, but my memory was that Hodge wasn't necessarily showing up. Um, huh. yeah. I, th- I thought he, I thought he gave a, you know, considering he was in a bit of a makeshift position, whatever else, I thought he kind of stepped up there. Um, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. You know, well, look, let's look at the flip side of that if there's no the positives. And look, this is a twofold question, this next one, drastic time for a time for drastic change. And let's look at this test first, and, and we'll, we'll touch on this quickly. And obviously, Izzy Flowers out, and then CO and Tupo supposedly will be fit. Um, do we make dramatic changes to this team? There will obviously be some changes. Matt, do you see much happening there? And who do you think should wear the 15 jersey for the the Wobs this weekend? Well, let's just... Uh, hang on, I'm, I'm just uh, trying to find on my email here... Uh, oh, is this was... one of your sources again? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no this was an... Uh, this was written by... So, Greg Groudon. Oh, uh, yes. Erst, erstwhile SMH and now ESPN writes this um, today, and I quote... Uh, this is the top of the article. Come in, Michael Checker. You and your merry men, your time is up. <laughs> if Rugby Australia is serious about a productive 2019 Rugby World Cup campaign, as well as regaining the faith of thousands of disenchanted Wallaby supporters, they must get rid of Checker and all of his backup coaching and managerial staff now. Not at the end of the year or after the World Cup, right now. They must try and lure Joe Smith from Ireland, maybe even entice a Wayne Bennett or a Craig Bellamy-like figure across from the rugby league ranks. Okay, he's losing me now. Yeah. Anything, and anything, but that, but this rot has to stop. Um, and then he, well, then he get, really gets stuck in, um, yeah, stuff like Checker must pay the price for a team whose appalling skill level makes a mockery of the professional footballer tag. An arrogant, holier than thou attitude does not warrant any respect from those sick and tired of a pedestrian outfit who constantly makes fools of themselves in the big games. So he doesn't pull any punches um, in, in that one. But, you know, there is, a, I've had a few conversations. I mean, they, they started, um, I think this year, they've kind of, they've started to pick up, which is, you know, we've we've come back for a sucker punch each time, right? Thinking maybe yep. we're going to see the Wallabies of that England World Cup come back, and we just get we just walk straight onto the punch, and it's the same old stuff, which is, you know, just when you thought something was taken care of, something else und- undoes. There doesn't seem to be any progress being made in many areas. I f- I feel um, maybe some of the skill and the handling. Um, you, I get the scent across Australian rugby that's picked up a little bit. So you can see a little bit of Nick yeah. maybe yep. in there. Um, but in terms of any sort of, you know, st- structure or, 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 or broader ensemble skills or being able to build on a game plan, it just seems to – you get fleeting glimpses in some matches and then you get this weekend – where there's mm. nothing, and they've got no way or idea of how to claw themselves back into a game um, if it's going the wrong way, or pick themselves up, or t- make a tight, make a game tight. Um, if something's not working, there's never, ever, ever been a plan B. There still isn't, um, and massive, important things seem to be just forgotten about or ignored, even when there is preparation time. And you've got to start to ask, how many times can we go through that? And so. If and when we turn up to the World, yeah, well, we we will turn up to the World Cup, and we get dished 
like this, like, you know, first knockout game, do we just go, oh, no, what a bugger? Mm. You know, you know. Um, at what point do you... Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah, you know, look at all the different series we've had since the last World Cup and which one's been a... Tell me the one that's been a success. Yeah, 100%. Like, so I did a big article for the blog today looking back at, at on um, all the Aussie co- coaches in the professional era and, and looking at that. And, and it, it was it's mind-blowing to see what's happened. Like, Chica's sort of borderline 50% win ratio now is, is a couple of games away from that. You'd like to think he won't get there with, you know, maybe they'll pull something out of the hat this week, but the Springboks in Brisbane in a couple of weeks' time might save him from getting that just yet, perhaps. But um, you take away that Rugby World Cup and his, his win ratio is 45%, which is the lowest of anyone in the professional era, any Wallaby coach. And Jesus. you are bang on. You know, that um, since that World Cup, that you know, debacle against England, you know, losing to Scotland the next year and, and frankly being pretty average against Fiji and Italy in the same series, losing to Ireland this week, this year, and we can, you know, we can placate ourselves by saying how much those teams have improved, uh, which is true, but why haven't we? Yeah, we have not improved as a team. And you're exactly right. Those two key areas... Um, you know, one being defence. I mean, our defence, teams can just open us up. But to the rugby brains, the smarts, there is no intelligence there. Is, there does not seem to be a game plan, let alone, as you say, a plan B. And that is frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> There doesn't seem to be much intent to what they're doing other than take the hit up, we'll get to them some way, maybe score up, get a penalty for, uh, for Hodgie to kick over. So... Extremely frustrating, and we've jumped to that sort of second part, the big picture. I think Checkers should go. It's who takes his place. And I read that great article, and you know when he mentioned Bennett and Bellamy, I scoffed as well. But perhaps, perhaps that's right. Perhaps you bring in one of these guys, and it's never going to happen because there are some talent underneath. And if you partner them with a, you know, a, a, a Simon Cron and a Matt Tatsy Taylor, who has actually signed on for Scotland, and Laurie Fisher or Dave Vessels, you might build a combination that works, but you just need someone there with a bit of authority. It's not going to happen, and it's it's infuriating. But, um, uh, you know, we're not too late yet because Checker did it four years ago. But um, I, I don't think it'll happen. I don't can't see Raylene so new into the job making that call. Um, and uh, where do we go? Um, well, I, I, I don't yep. know, like, you know, in, in, a, in a seriously run business, I don't know how anyone sits, stands up with a straight face and says, yeah. you know, here's where we're going. You know, because you know, in any other business, right, you'd be going, okay, you know, my main product yep. um, and talk me through, you know, how we know we're getting to the right place and where we're looking to get to. Yeah. And at which indicator would you point <laughs> and say, yeah, um, you know, we're, we, you know we, we, we're, we're getting, you know, we're, like in what stat – in, yep. You know, even if it wasn't in win, even if you could ignore that win-loss ratio, yep. what stat would you pull out to say, you, you know, yes, we've been making solid progress? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I justifying like, all this expenditure. Yeah, I mean, it, and if you're sat around the table and God knows how this executive team does that or and the board, yep. but, sit, you know, because that's what I'd be asking. I'd be asking, okay, talk me through, because maybe I'm not seeing it, so you talk me through your plan. And it's, you can only 
assume that it's like, oh, don't worry, the, I'll get the boys up when it comes to the next World Cup. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and uh-huh. that, that's, that is my sense. But, and I think that's yeah. what we've learned about Checo as a coach is that is 100% what he relies on is that you're going to get, you know, you're going to mind wash these guys into going to another level, yeah. you know, when, when the time comes. Um, but in the meantime, it just doesn't get you anywhere. And I, and, no. and, and, and I don't think it's guaranteed that it's going to come off, but I, I can only assume then that, you know, the, 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 the exact team and the board, if, unless they've sat there with, well, unless they've just got, you know, covers over their eyes and, you know, head in the sand and, and they sat there and believing that oh, it's just going to be a turnaround in that year and I'll just get the boys up um, through some, through the brainwashing. And, and the other obvious one is, you know, the, what limits the Queensland rugby's abilities to make sound decisions is the financial aspect. I think Jack is still contracted for another year and a bit. So it's a payout they just can't fathom making, let alone the money they need to uh, entice someone of significance that they need to take the role. So, oh no, I, I think that, you're dead set right on that. They they can't right. They they're, they're borderline broke. Yeah. So I mean, you know, whatever. What's he on? Probably a million bucks a year, at least. Uh, yeah. So you know, how do you do that and get someone else in? Yes. Um, you know, you're, you're stuffed. And and the whole group. And here's the thing: they've hitched themselves to being like them anyway. Um, yeah, the only, yeah. The only the only person in the joint who hasn't is is Raylene Castle, and we're yet to see her hand. Yep. Um, and what she's going to play, I guess she'll just. I guess the safest, and here's the thing, right? The safest thing for her will be to go with him and say, yep. "This this wasn't my choice. I didn't put yep. him in, but yep. he was signed on. I couldn't break that. We had to go with it." And then she'll clean yep. house and do her thing, you know, after the next World Cup. But that just means we're just going to watch. Whatever's yeah. happening now, play out again. Yeah, the Titanic, yeah, crash into that iceberg. Um, yeah, heartwarming, fantastic. This I'm pumped. Um, <laughs> Nick, let's go back to this test. Changes to the test team. Would you have an Ian? Who would you have at fullback? Um, well, I think it's really a toss up between and Jack Maddox, really, and I think it comes down to who to like. I mean, Jack Maddox did have some encouraging moments in that in that test last in that test last week, but like you mentioned, um, he, you know, he did have a couple of moments where he where you know it's, he tried some stuff and it didn't go so go the way. I mean, personally, I think you know it's a tough one between those two. I really I'm do. Not... You think there's any chance? What about Beal to fullback and Tamua starting? Does that give us a little bit more around the halves and and freeze up Kurtley a bit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Curly has got a good record at, at fullback, and and Matt. But part of asked whether Matt Tamua, how much did he, how much of an impact did he have at standing? The yeah, top? not much, did he? Yeah, no. I think what really, what the big change would be is there should really be an examination of what went wrong at the set piece, particularly the front row. Um, yeah, Lotta now had a, had a shocker. So did Tolly Lato. I don't even think Tolly Lato actually threw a line out that we won. Um. Robertson. I don't know if he threw a pass that we won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, not even that, not only that, but Robertson, Kepu and, and Ainsley were all dominated. If you can't get clean ball to the backs, you're not going to win many games. Um, so I think there needs to be a real, uh, the, the forward pack really needs to go and have a look and the new forward coach has to have a look too. Part of me also kind of wants to have a look at, at Hooper because, you know, 
he was. I know he was coming off injury, but and I wondered if he if they kind of rushed him through to get back on the paddock because you had a couple of moments where you could tell he wasn't quite he wasn't quite fully back in form. Like at that time where he got done for pace by Rico Ioani, which led to another try. Mm. Uh, part of me thinks that maybe I mean his his heart might be in the right place, but maybe his body still needs some time to recover. And I kind of wonder. No disrespect to Hooper, I think he's a great player. But if he is in the right mindset to necessarily be skipper at this current point in time, and maybe someone like Pocock should take the reins for a test until, you know, Hoops finds his feet again. I think, you know, there needs to be a a huge look at this and uh, and some serious questions asked about the team. That's a good question. I mean, I I don't think Hoop is fit, and I think he showed that that game. But he's been captain and bore the brunt of this for a long time as a young lad. And a good player. I wonder if he, if he would benefit from a bit of a break for a little while and let Pocock, who who is superb on the field and uh, a, a true leader, you know, let him take control for a little while and let Hooper just be the pest that he is around the field and, and really just you know get back to doing what he wants to do. I don't know. Yeah. Just touching on the fullback thing there, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't let um, uh, the, the the new boy Maddox, um, you know. Maddox. I wouldn't let him near it. Um, no. in, in, you know, an uh, Eden but, Park uh, test versus the All Blacks now. Oh my god! No, it's, it's hard for me. But it, uh, yeah, hey, that Petty. Uh, yeah, I think you got to you got to put back there. He's, he's he's actually I think he's a more natural fullback than he is a winger. Yeah. Um, got a boot on him. Got everything else. Got plenty. Of, you know, plenty of caps under his wing. Yeah. Um, and then you just yeah. So then all you have to do is find a winger. And I think we've got a few choices you could put in there. But having talked about wingers, I've just, I've just been trying to tool through the individual stats um, to find out who the bloody hell led in 40 missed tackles. tackles. Um, So far, the main coppers I've got, you know, like there's a few interesting ones. Will Genya apparently made zero tackles and missed two. Uh Um, um, But the main, uh, Marika Corabetti made five, missed five. Yeah, that's Um, really interesting. I think I saw that, yeah. um, So, but, But I've been trying to get through. There's plenty of people who've missed... You know, two. You Everyone check seems out the reserves. Missed... Check out, check out the reserves. I remember seeing the reserves. Uh, okay. Uh, who, who got a bit of time there, though? So. Uh, so. Um... Oh yeah, Latu managed to make two, miss four. Yeah, because you're right. It's a second half disaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so that's probably where you're going to find a lot of them. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as, as far as that kind of that back, I mean, yeah, and I, I'd agree with you. Maybe, yeah, I mean, Hooper's not right. I mean, he, he, he's, he's. I don't know how if they're going to keep trying to play him. Yeah, oh, they will. I mean, if they're both stubborn pricks, and, and that's what they do. Um, look, um, so this weekend there's another double, another another double header. The, the Wallaroos are playing the Black Ferns or Silver Ferns or whatever they are. Um, the match before um, they did it at Sydney, Matt. I'm keen to know you. I don't know. You're at the game. I don't know what time you got there, got to see any of the Wallaroos. I watched the match and, and was really impressed. I'll have a chat about that soon. But, Matt, did you see any at the game at all? I certainly did, mate. Um, got to get up to the corporate box early and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, make sure you get make sure you get the most. Um, by the way, in terms of defence, I know I just, uh, I guess I um, maligned, um, you know, uh, the halfback and then the Phipps came on and managed to make zero tackles and missed two as well. So oh wow! That, that, that seems that seemed to be that what the halfbacks were doing. Um, They'll have to change that position name to half-assed. 
on fire. I think we've got our podcast name. Um, the um, um, no, it was good, mate. No, I thought it was really good. So um, yeah, especially when you're out there eating your um, you know your, your lamb cutlets uh, <laughs> as you stood around the box, um, it, it was good actually to see that. And, and actually, there was enough crowd there by then already. People were making a little bit of noise, and you know when you heard them shouting, you go out and have a look and see what was going on. And it was a very open game, and and whatever else, obviously the. Um, the the uh, all black ladies were, were kind of obviously got over ours, but um, I thought it was good. And I don't know how yeah. it came off on TV. Oh, it was great. So I think they were saying there's a crowd of twenty odd thousand at the end, making it a world record for a women's game. You know, that's a stretch to claim that, but double header, but worth it. I was really impressed. So you know, the all blacks or gal blacks or whatever they're called. Are, and no disrespect, uh, you know, a wonderful team and, and obviously have been for a while and they've now got the infrastructure there whereby I think their squad is now professional and you can see the difference there. So, you know, they're a class above, probably a couple of classes above those Wallaroos. But, you know, having that's probably the first full Wallaroos test I've watched. Maybe a little bit of the World Cup, but not full test because it was the middle of the night. But even the improvement from the World Cup last year was noticeable, which is pretty significant considering I think there was half a dozen odd debuts or debutants in that Wallaroos team. Um, but they showed a lot of guts. And, you know, some of those girls who had sort of come through the Sevens program, played in the, the Aon Uni Sevens last year and now in this team, Emily Chancellor, the, the, the flanker, I thought the. How, so so much of them. I mean, our two locks were so hardworking and, and just did all the dirty stuff. We were fantastic. And our back row was immense. Grace Hamilton got sin bin in the first half. And you could see when she came back in the second half, she really wanted to sort of make amends. And she was monstrous across the park. Little halfback who I didn't know too much about. I thought it was really nippy. And we had a, a debutant at fly half who gave her a couple of penalties but looked quite good. But the star for me was... Um, uh, the former seven star Huna Murphy, who the fullback, who was just exceptional. Um, she was sort of Izzy Falau like in terms of in attack, really hard to stop. And our our key must just be about getting her um, more ball in a little bit of space because what she could do is 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 remarkable. And she showed that a few times on the weekend, some some beautiful breaks. But yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I look forward to. The, Hopefully watching again this weekend. I assume Fox are showing it again um, this weekend uh, as well. Uh, Nick, yeah. did you see much of it all? Yeah, I did. Um, I you know, I got the chance to have a look at it. I loved it. It's And, you know, I think it, it kind of makes sense to have sets now. Um, you know, at the actual, at the same fixture two years ago, I think the, the end result of this one was like 11.31, but at the same fixture two years ago, the score was 67-3. to 3. Yeah, right, okay. That just goes to show that these, you know, they're getting better and better. Um, and it, even at the World Cup last year, even though they came, I think they made it to the fifth or sixth playoff, you know, they got their first ever win against Ireland. And even after this test, the, the Blackferns coach, Glenn Moore, kind of singled out the Wallaroos and said that there's a real, he said, you know, like it, compared to previous tests, there was a real sense that the, these, this team is developing. Um, yeah. You know, in the past, you know, the Wallaroos have always been hindered um, by just not having as much game time um, with their. Yeah, that's clear. Exactly. Compared yep. to the Northern Hemisphere counterparts, I think this match that they played was only their fiftieth test, and the Black Ferns aren't much better. It was their eighty ninth test, um, and you know, I think it, it makes sense. You know, with the growth of women's sport, not just in rugby, but you know, in AFL, it makes sense to have back to back tests and have women and men 
play alongside each other. And, you know, if it gives them more regular game time that they really need, I'm all for it. And it's good that Rayling, you know, wants more of these back-to-back tests to happen. I reckon bring it on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And hopefully the, the women's team get access to better, more resources in terms of um, just uh, preparations for the match and it's getting more, more time together. I know they're over in New Zealand now, so hopefully they uh, crack it on um, this weekend. Mate, before we move on, I mean, um, to our last question, can yep. we just can we go to our regular segment uh, called "Bag the Ref"? Oh yeah, um, I, I was, I, I, I was going to ask you whether you wanted to say anything, but <laughs> I thought we might get through a podcast without bagging it. But let's bring it on, go for it. Yeah, well, it's, a reg- it's our regular. Even though Jamie isn't here, um, I, I would feel that um, someone has to do it. Look, again, I was in the, you know, I was watching live, and so I didn't get all the replays and everything else, but. Someone talked me through the the tip tackle no. on Falau no. and how in it. any in anyone's book that wasn't a yellow card. I, I that was amazing. Mm. Oh, it, 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 ridiculous. Uh, there, there's no way it wasn't a yellow card, uh, even if he landed on his hand. Um, as, as some sort of alluded to, but there's a great picture on social media of the Kiwi bench of, yeah, that tackle in the foreground was literally the yeah. holo sort of upending him and uh, Falao about to land his head with his arm down and McKenzie and was it Perinara and a couple of other um, Kiwi reserves and a manager all looking absolutely distraught, knowing what's about to come in terms of a card and, and it didn't come. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, look, and I guess I, I, I'll... Maybe I'll, I'll c- curtail the segment. I mean, otherwise, the, and just my general vibe was we were just being piped, um, you know, th- throughout, throughout yes. the match. You yes. know, he, he just always leaves the right, lets the right stuff go through. That just, you know, it's and you, you're sat there going seriously, like he didn't see it like that forward pass, or he didn't see that guy going yeah. his head, or he didn't see this, he didn't see that. You just go through the whole match thinking that. Yeah. Um, but I've got to. I mean, okay, I'm happy to be told that. That's me with my single lens. No, no, uh, no, no. I, I completely agree. I thought the first half in particular, I thought the first play of the game was a forward pass. So kick off, Kurabetti tackles, and this, the Kiwi flung it back inside. I thought that was forward. It wasn't even sort of mentioned. And scrummaging calls, the, the Falao stuff, I, I thought he was pretty average. Well, the um, scrummaging calls absolutely blew my mind as well, where you could quite yeah. clearly see Kiwi heads in the dirt yeah. before us. Yeah, yeah apparently it's yeah. us bringing it down. And there wasn't yeah. any repack. It was straight to penalty. Yeah, and it was exactly. just like, are you kidding me? Like, it just doesn't happen. So you haven't anyway. you haven't got your hand on those spider uh, cam footage yet, Matt? Well, were, were they were they showing the spider cams? In... I can't, yes, I think they were. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Well, we're back, baby. In the case, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 not a great pleasure though going through. No, that, I could imagine. Yeah. On 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 a loss, and it doesn't doesn't ring very nicely, does it? But, just for Brian but... Moore's sake. <laughs> Anyway, so there you go. That's and that's our bag the ref segment <laughs> brought to you by Jamie Miller. Um, yeah, actually, that's that's open for that's open for sponsorship. Uh, yeah. if, if... Um, look, we've got to finish up with a quick around the grounds, and there's a fair bit happening this weekend. I'm going to throw it out there first um, with the Queensland Rugby Premier, uh, sorry, Queensland Premier Rugby Grand Final on the weekend, and Jeep's my old club breaking a 22 year drought and wow. winning uh, 23-16 over University of Queensland. Um, just one of those excellent... Like, UQ are the fancy team. That, you know, they had young Reds stars galore, Tate McDermott and Harry Hawkins and Angus Scott Young and all these guys. And, and um, Jeeps, who, whose only real star um, uh, was um, uh, 
Ruin Smith from the Reds, so the prop JP being injured before, which is I haven't got those the right way around. Um, but they were just they, they played grand final footy, just you know raised their standard, playing really tough, aggressive um, footy, and and Uni just weren't in it. They they weren't allowed to play well by Jeep. So Ashgrove, Yoku Road will still be celebrating as we speak, and deservedly so. It was monstrous effort. Um, Nick, did you want to mention you saw a few bit of excess footy on the weekend? Yeah, I saw. Um, I was actually at a mate's place and got to see the um, the Force versus the Wild Knights match, which was um, really great match. Actually, the Force ended up winning that one fifty to forty five. So, um, real fast flowing affair and defence really went out the window on that one. Um, but it was probably the best of the Force all season. I think. Um, um, but. It was a good end to that, that little World Series rugby that they've got going. Apparently, over those seven games, they had 107,000 people turn up, all up, for, for between, yeah. between those seven games. I mean, I've, I've absolutely got no idea what is going to happen next year and what Twiggy's got rolled up his sleeves. But, I mean, at, at least as a standalone series, um, it produced some interesting games. And uh, Yeah, yeah. And at least they've got one more game on Friday against um, Aussie Stockman's rugby too before the NRC. Um, so interesting. Yeah. 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 Excellent. No, that's good to see. Um, Matt, about what? What about you, mate? Yeah. Well, the bit that I was going to uh, just talk about is um, my son is you know is in um, GPS school here in Sydney, and it's just been one of those things. Whilst you might have a little bit of despair about you know, what's been going on in the professional rugby is just reconnecting with some of that schoolboy rugby. And, and this year has been just absolutely phenomenal. Um, they've gone back to, you know, just having, you know, I think it's um, six teams, so just five rounds, um, which makes it short and sweet. And actually, it's kind of happening between the end of Super and the beginning of the international season. So it's kind of like a perfect little dose. But it, the, style and the, the style of the rugby is just fantastic. Um, open, you know, running rugby, um, and, 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 you know, just the, but what's been also amazing is just the passion that you get around the ground. I shared it on Twitter and, yeah. and I try and, and stick it underneath the, um, the podcast, but, um, there's actually a video. So on the weekend, it, it came to a real belting climax in the weekend where, um, Joey's was playing Riverview, um, and, um, if Joey's won that, then it was, they were guaranteed. Um, to at least be uh, joint premiers. Um, and it was just the most pulsating, amazing match. I wasn't actually there. I was actually on the way to watch us get absolutely towed up. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, I'd, and I'd been to three or four of the previous matches, so I made the wrong choice there. Um, but it ended up, I think it was 28-25. The league changed hands, I think, three or four times in the last five minutes. Oh, wow. Um, and and it was and they scored. I think in the last ninety seconds, three tries got scored, um, including the last try. Um, I think Joey's managed to regather from the kick from their own kickoff, um, and then and score. And that was it. And that was pretty much the end of the game. And you're watching these two, like both schools, that lined up on both sides of the of the oval. Um, and anyway, they, they're actually filming. And they actually this the school setups amaze me. Riverview was live streaming it to the internet. Um, via YouTube, and I didn't even know they were. I would have been watching it. Um, but you, you listen as the as the Joe's fifteen comes through and catches the ball on the full. You can just like the noise in the ground 
just kind of goes up. It starts sounding like an, a jet engine. It's just this yeah. pure screaming. And then as he offloads it to the guy coming through, it goes up another level. And, 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 the, and the microphone just blows out. It can't cope with it anymore. I mean, it was just the most sensational thing. And my son was there, literally jumping around, hugging each other in the stands. Kids were crying. It was amazing. So um, That's anyway, awesome. You, you kind of say, you know, he's had a, just a life event. He'll never forget that. Um, yeah. As far as yeah, exactly. people running on the field and everything else. And so, I don't know. We can get pretty jaded about the whole thing, but I, I just I can't help but feel that those... There's still a beating pulse somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of reclaiming. It's kind of reclaiming rugby in a way. Yeah, that, that, that live streaming stuff's fantastic. The QAU have done an awesome job with the Premier Rugby this year, but there's two Jeeps rugby games a week up here live streamed as well, So, um, which is fantastic. Great to watch, great quality. The guys guys at Double Take Productions do an awesome job, and uh, you know it's all going to culminate in about two or three weeks' time when Nudgy will play TSS, most likely both of them undefeated in the last game of the season, so very similar. That'll be effectively the grand final on those teams. You can't split them. TSS have been superb. Nudgy have probably possibly a, a step below, but both have got some exceptional talent, two wonderful fly halves and some amazing forward uh, runners, some incredible fullbacks. So, uh, you know, again, if you're looking for rugby, keep an eye on that for that. Um, one other thing this weekend, guys, the uh, Aon Uni 7 series kicks off this weekend, which was that awesome women's tournament from last year that I raved about. Um, so it starts off the University of Tasmania this weekend. Really worth watching. I know there's plenty of rugby on this weekend. You're adding about. But, if you know, if you're down for half an hour, click on to rugby.com.au. Um, it'll be live streamed there. There's some, some real talent there. And great to see... Um, you know, such a uh, an important tournament with a couple of new universities this year. Um, University of Sydney are in for the first time, as are the University of Melbourne. So, um, really exciting stuff. Um, anything else, lads? Anyone else want to mention anything else before we go? Um, I saw the uh, the John One Dent Cup final as well in Canberra. Oh, yep. Um, which yep. Was Vikings vs Royals. Watched the stream there. Commented on as always by uh, getting a favourite Brett McKay and the Vikings won yep. twenty nine to seventeen. Was a was a really good match. Um, I think what kind of really proved the difference in that one was two tries to a winger called Andrew Robertson. But I think the real special mention w- would be to the Tuggeranong Vikings number ten, Noah Laliso, and I'm pronouncing that right. He had a blinder of a match, and I reckon this ten is really going to go places. And it's good that he was uh, he's recently just been selected in the um, in the Canberra Vikings NRC squad. Ah uh, yes, yep. I reckon the Brumbies will want to hold on to that one, especially considering how many the state of tens in this country. Yeah. All right. Excellent stuff. So that's, you know, indicative. There's plenty of rugby out there to watch. We don't have to roll on the wallabies to keep us happy. So get out there and enjoy uh, all our fans and, and, and rugby supporters out there. We hope you stick with it. But let's also hope the wallabies turn up and do something miraculous in Eden Park. Um, Matt and Nick, thanks for your time, lads. Well, I just I think that we got through that without any self-harm. is pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. Phenomenal. Hope it was worth it, listeners. Hope you hope you appreciate what we had to do tonight for you. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, Good one. But, thanks, uh, thanks, lads, and to our listeners, we'll catch you next week or whenever. <laughs> See ya. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a beer.